What's up, listener? You are listening to the Questions Hip Hop Trivia Podcast. You already knew that. I'm your host, Sean Kantrowitz. You probably already knew that. And today's episode, if you looked at the title, then yes, you already know that too, but I'm going to tell you anyway. It is a throwback classic episode of The Questions with DJ Rhett Maddock of the world-famous Beat Junkies. This is an episode that we originally did June 8th, 2020. This was episode number 35, making this the oldest episode to be archived in podcast form yet. I love and hate revisiting these episodes, the older ones. They're so great. It it was such a weird time, too. It feels like it was a lifetime ago, and also that it wasn't that long ago. This was uh, in the summer of 2020, so the George Floyd uprising was fresh in people's heads. This was happening as we recorded this. We were still in the early stages of this COVID pandemic, and... We were doing it on Instagram Live, which was the perfect thing for us at the time and also was riddled with so many technical issues and workarounds that we had to do. And I've tried to sort of fix all of that now in revisiting it. The quality is not as great as what we would later do, but, you know, I really love a lot of these early episodes. And I think it's important that we share them because we really got some amazing discussions from people back in 2020. Rhett is a DMC West Coast champion. He's a producer. He's a member of the Visionaries. He was the tour DJ for Jay Dilla for the late great producer's final tour in 2005. And he's also an instructor and teacher at the Beat Junkies Institute of Sound. Big shout out to the Beat Junkies. We have done several events with them and Now that things are maybe opening back up a little bit more, I mean, they are. They're opening up more now. I definitely think that the Questions and the Beat Junkies Institute of Sound will be collaborating again in the near future. So this is a great episode. Rhett Maddock is a wealth of knowledge, and he had so much to share. And I think you're really going to enjoy this one. Hey, if you haven't done so already, and I know most of you have not done this, please leave a review on our podcast. Go to the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes and write a little review. Tell people what you like about this show. Share this show with other people if you haven't already done so. Really appreciate all of that support. I see the numbers. Our audience is growing as we sort of rebrand and rebuild into a new platform of podcasting here on the Stony Island Audio Network. I would love to see more reviews as that really helps with the algorithm and helps more people discover and learn about the show. So please just take a moment. You can do it while you listen. Just hit a few buttons, tap on your phone, and you'll be writing your review, and I will read them on the next episode and shout you out. I really would appreciate it. All right, I'm done harassing you guys if this felt like harassment. I don't think it was. I think it was just me sort of gently prodding, suggesting strongly that uh, maybe you do that. Big love and shout out to everybody who has already done that, so I don't want to lump you in. But yeah, come on, let's get a review up. We can do this. Uh, All right, without further ado, we're going to hop right into it. This is the Questions Hip Hop Trivia Throwback Classic Episode with DJ Rhett Maddock. Who did it first? Who did it best? Who did it worst? That's the question. 
That's the question. Let me ask you a question. Hmm. And if you ain't know what needs, then my guy's knowing what you need. Some answers to the question. Well, thanks uh, for having me, Sean. Of course, man. Uh, as I was saying before you came on here, uh, you were you were a name that we had been throwing around forever, wanted, wanting to have on the show before the age of the Rona. We were like, we, we got to get Redmatic involved somehow because we're such big fans. So, you know. Oh, man, thanks. I'd, 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 I'd figure, uh, what do you call it? You'd get either Jay or Babs or, 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 or Mellow or something like that. But, you know, I know every, all the guys are saying, and usually I'm like, I'm the nerd. Next to G, I'm like the kind of like the nerd when it comes to all this type of stuff. But we'll see. I, I, I guess you guys will test, put me to the test and stuff. We're, we're going to test. Yeah, we're going to test that nerdiness. And, and we'll, we'll certainly, we're down to have the rest of the beat junkies uh, on the show at a later point, too. But before we get started, uh, tell me how your week has been. What, what, how have you been processing everything? What, what are you doing to sort of stay focused and stay, uh, stay positive in this? Well, uh, I mean, shoot. Uh, I've been, you know, luckily been really keeping busy with the uh, uh, with the beat junkies. You know, you know, we're teaching online on our beatjunkies.tv TV uh, uh, online school and stuff. You know, since the school uh, is shut down for the, you know, for the moment, so yeah. we are able to transfer. You know, able to you know, able to adapt to what's going on and stuff. But I mean, with the whole situation, I mean, with with the pandemic and stuff, and then now with you know what's with, with with the with the protest and, and the and the crazy riot I mean, not riots, but you know, just the uprising and stuff like that, you know. Uh it's yeah. a, it's 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 a it's a it's it's definitely just crazy just cuz I kind of remember this like I you know the the 92 riots and stuff like that. So right. so but this is obviously more tent you can feel it's you can feel the change and stuff. Uh uh my mother and I, you know, we, we you know, we're watching my mother, you know, my mother, obviously I'm Filipino. My mother, uh, my mother, my parents came from the Philippines, uh, to the United States in 68. So they got them, they missed the, uh, the 65 riots and stuff, you know, but, uh, uh um, uh, just, just watching it with my mom and stuff, just kind of like, just kind of like making sure she understands what's going on. Cause you know, uh, 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 my mother, my parents, you know, have a you know besides a generation gap it's also a cultural gap and stuff sure. me being born in the philip i'm born in the united states so i'm like uh it's it's it, i'm like kind of like best of both worlds like even uh even learning you know like how, being filipino but like uh uh I'm, I'm pretty much like westernized americanized as it is saying stuff like that sure. so you know like i kind of get best of both worlds and then my, and just kind of like you know like just 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 really, it's really trying to process it, but I can feel that, you know, that there's a, definitely a change going on right now, and we're just really trying to stay positive just in general and stuff, you know? Absolutely, yeah, and it's it's really dope that we're all able to communicate and share information uh, in a way that wasn't possible in 1992. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah so that, that's, you know, that is uh, a benefit to, to what is happening now, like the information is being shared, and again, you know, like, we're all sort of adapting as we can, you know, adapting and how we support, whether we're, you know, out of protests or we're donating or, 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 you know, shedding light and, you know, doing what you guys are doing. Like, I know what the Beach Junkies Institute of Sound is not like, you know, that was just a pivot, you know, to take the school that you guys have, the DJ 
you know, school and bring it online, but we're all finding different ways to connect with one another, you know, in this new time. I mean, yeah, with you, with the, you know, with the with technology and stuff, I mean, look, look, look what we're doing right now and stuff, but, you know, like, it's crazy because it's like, uh, I'm sure you heard this, we, 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 we mentioned this before, like, three, four years ago, you asked us if we're going to open a DJ school, we're like, we, you're crazy? Right. You know, because, you know, like, you know, coming from that, you know, coming from that generation, you know, like from, you know, for hip hop, it's like, you guys you know, recovering records. You guys, yeah, you know, like I mean, it's like you, you, you know, like you have to be original. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, you know, the term biting. You can't copy someone's. You know, uh, uh, and it, we were young and stuff. I mean, it's still. I mean, the culture's still young compared yeah. to what's to other genres. You know, other music genres or other just culture wise and stuff, right? But we. We realize, you know, we realize that in order our culture to survive, we have to share. I mean, you you see that with the other music genres like rock and roll, funk, soul, uh, jazz, and stuff. And hip hop, I don't know because it's, it's the b boy mentality. Is like you can't, you know, you're not allowed to, sh you know, share your share your your techniques or your secrets only only with your crew and stuff like that. But I think, uh, you know, a lot of us now, like at least, you know. Uh, for the junkies, we're like at least in our, you know, from early 40s to like, you know, I'm one of the oldest guys in the crew. I'm like, you know, I just turned 51 this year and stuff like that. So knock on wood that I'm still doing this and stuff, you know, uh, even as a, uh, even as a Filipino American, that's been, you know, you know, that's lucky to see, uh, um, to be actually experienced hip hop coming into into the into the west coast and the la scene like in, in like the early 80s and stuff like that so uh, um like just to be it's a blessing and stuff like that but yeah man so i mean just to to share the culture the, the culture it's our whether we like it or not our generation has to has to pass on this uh, this this uh, uh our our culture and stuff. If we want this to survive, right? You know, right. I mean, like this, like actually doing you doing this is almost the same thing. Sharing, you know, the, the us being hip hop nerds and learning learning everything about you know records, artists, labels, and stuff like that. You know, this is this is almost another you know the same thing and stuff. So we definitely know. believe though. It's you you can't be mad at a newer generation for not knowing the information if you're not sharing the information. You yeah, know, like, uh, yeah. That's kind of what it, it comes down to. So, I mean, we're thrilled to have you. Uh, if you guys have questions for Rhett, uh, drop him in that little question box at the bottom of the screen. We'll get to that at the end uh, once we're done with the game. So, uh, you know, we I'm sure there's going to be a lot of cool stories and, and, and anecdotes and things. So we're going to get right into it, Rhett Maddox. So, All right, hold on. Let me, do, let me just do this as a... Yeah, do your thing. Do your thing. Uh, <laughs> so the All first right. round... All the choice is yours, and this is general uh, multiple choice. Okay. Uh, if you don't know the answer, you can always lean on the chat as well. So let's get into the first question. Okay. This rapper hosts his own podcast called The People's Party. Is it Noriega, Blueprint, Talib Kweli, or Lord Jamar? C. He says C, Talib Kweli. And he is absolutely correct. That is Talib Kweli's People's Party. Uh. Quali is somebody that you've worked with uh, in your career. Yes, sir. Um, and, uh, you know, podcasts have become really popular, too. You also have your own uh, show on, on Dash Radio with Bee Junkies. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, well, so the Bee Junkies, we have our own radio, not show, but radio station. Station, yeah, yeah. But 
Well, we actually have our own podcast. Uh, it's called Building Better DJs uh, on the on BeatJunkies.tv. So, okay. so I mean, it's crazy. The last three, three to five years, the junkies have you know become a an official business per se. I guess. I mean, not before, did you feel like it wasn't like in the earlier days? That, like, I'm, you were, I'm sorry. You weren't a business before, like in the early. Yeah, days? I mean, well, I mean, when our tenure, when when we hit our tenure mark per se, uh, we started our own, you know we started our own label, Beat Junkie Sound. So, yeah. you know, we had our own real, little independent record label. I mean, we put out, you know, our first project was uh, Classic Material. It was a compilation of all, all, all our productions and mixes yeah. or whatever. And then eventually we started out putting out 12 inches, DVDs and stuff like that. And then eventually, cats, you know, we were always a crew, but, you know, like, for instance, Babs got really busy with Dilated, you know. Uh, sure. uh, uh, Jay became hardcore, you know, like with Stone's Throw, with, with, with Dilla and Madlib. Uh, uh, Mellow. Was uh, uh, was in the radio along with Chalk, and, and eventually, like Mellow got into more into the Vegas scene. Chalk was still like, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, I think he was still doing radio, and then eventually got into like, you know, got in the club scene too as well. Uh, uh, short and short and D styles, of course, they're also members of Invisible Scratch Pickles, you know. So a lot yeah. of people didn't know that uh, Shortcut and D styles were actually members of the beat junkies before they became scratch pickles. So, right. and then of course you got, you know, we also have other members like icy ice symphony. Who's our, uh, the only female member of the group, but she, you know, you know, like, but she, she, she stopped early and stuff like that. But if she kept on going, she would have, she would have, she would have served a lot of people, man. She was like, you know, not, not saying she's, you know, like not to say that she was the, like the first female battle DJ. Uh, cause, I mean, in, in retrospect, really, the the one I would tell her about Jazzy Joyce. Everybody knows about Jazzy Joyce from the Masters of Mix, but she was, yeah. uh, um, you know, if you know your history, you know she was with uh, with Sweet Tea, right? Uh, back in the day, she battled in the uh, New Mix Seminar Battle for World Supremacy, nineteen eighty seven, and she actually battled Cash Money. Yeah, was it, yeah. There was a video of, back then. There was a video going around uh, of Ice T. Ice T. I was videotaping a hit show. This is like, you know, this is like, so this is like a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. Yeah. And I remember like, you know, that was like a, you know, that's like, that's like a, a like a, 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 a Bible at the time. This is even before even the DMC tapes kind of, you know, I mean, DMC New York Seminar was coming at the same, you know, DMC was a little more, they had a more legitimate out stuff, but uh, New York Seminar was like, DMC was all over the world. New York Seminar it's like it was an industry. It was a, it, it was an industry event. Uh, it was yeah. thrown by uh, Tom Silverman of Tommy Boy Records. Uh, and yeah. enter that to enter that battle, you have to be sponsored by a label. Right. So obviously, like so, but then that so that if you were sponsored by a label, that means obviously like you know, uh, Joe Cooley, Egyptian Empire Records, or K Day Records, right? Jo uh, Cash Money was on Sleeping Bag Records. Jazzy Joyce was on Profile Records. So. Yeah. So yeah, so that you know, uh, that I mean, to me at the time, New Music Seminar battles was like that's like all our heroes were in that battle, you know, right. like each year and stuff like that. But Jazzy Joyce was one of the very, I, if I remember correctly, she's probably the only female that was in the Music Seminar battle, and she had to go against Cash Money. And Cash, she almost took out Cash Money. That's 1987. So she almost took out Cash Money until Cash Money said, "Oh fuck that, I'm not gonna get taken out by Jazzy Joyce and shit."
So, uh, uh, so I, I would tell Symphony about that. So Symphony is also Icy Ice's younger sister and stuff. So mm. I would tell her like, "Yo, you 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 know, you should check this out." And that's how she got inspired. And then and eventually we all kind of like let's let's uh, uh, kind of build her up and you know like let's 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 teach her and some stuff. And then she yeah. entered some couple of battles. Uh, her big one of her biggest battles was the uh, was the 1999. Uh, I think was it the Vestex battle, and. Yeah. She took out Disc from the Scratch Pickles, so it's out there and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a big thing. She was she was on a different. She actually was battling before. You know, she was like before, uh, uh, uh before uh, uh, Cutting Candy, before uh, um, Cutting Candy from Fifth Platoon and DJ Shorty. Yep. Symphony was so, and we were kind of trying to build her like as a just a dope DJ that happens to be female. You know? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So. Man, gems. We we're in the first question. We've already gotten so many. I, I, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, this is what we love. We love this. It's great. Right. So, yeah, th this is why we wanted you on the show. So we're gonna move on to the next question. Uh, here we go. Um, this question is: Blue and Exile's debut album, Below the Heavens, features two appearances by this R&B singer. Is it Aloe Black, Frank Ocean, Maxwell, or Miguel? Well, I mean, you get uh, two appearances by this. Well, it depends. Because you could say aloe, but I, I mean, I'll go with, uh, just to be safe, I'll go with uh, D, Miguel. He's going D, Miguel, and yes, that is technically the correct answer, but I know aloe was on there as well. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, the crazy thing with Miguel, I've, I've seen Miguel when when Eminon used to perform and stuff, and they started bringing Blue, uh, mm -hmm. what do you call it? They would bring uh, they would bring Miguel, you know. He was known as uh, Miguel Jontel. Yeah, he was young. Yeah. He was yeah. really young, yeah, right? Totally. I mean, being somebody who's you know been in the scene here for so long, I just imagine like you know you, you've seen so much like the the development and like you know people sort of on the come up. Like, it, has LA always felt? I, you know, I'm not from LA originally. I've only been oh. here for for six years. Okay, um, okay. Uh, I'm from the East Coast originally, but um, you know. Does, has L.A. always felt like a cohesive scene to you, or has it sort of like, are, are there different sort of segments of it? Or Well, I mean, it depends, you know, as you're coming up. I mean, it was all different pockets. So it's definitely in the 80s, it was definitely scattered. L.A., you know, if, if people that know that live in L.A., you know, L.A. spread out. You know, there's L.A. City, and then there's yeah. L.A. County. And then, you know, I live in, I grew up in Cerritos. I live in Cerritos, which is a, a, as a, a suburb out, you know, in LA County. It's like, uh, we're, it's like 30 minutes away from, uh, LA. Uh, we're ne we're ne uh, next to, uh, next to, uh, Long Beach, Compton, uh, yeah, yeah. uh, Carson and stuff like that. So growing up, there's always different pockets, you know, totally different pockets and stuff. Uh, like as a late eighties, early nineties, you know, you start everything going, you know, it's like if you really want to go check out hip hop, you got to go to L.A. or Hollywood, you know, where everything's going over there and stuff like that. Uh, I would say more like towards like the. It's still it, no, L.A. Is, is always scattered, but like I would say the the scene itself, especially with like I would say like in, 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 uh, like the mid '90s to late '90s is when like especially with independent hip hop, underground hip hop, start. Yeah. You no, know, you you still seeing pockets and. Cats would travel. I mean, the thing about uh, in LA is that you got to travel. You, you got to go different places to go to uh, 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 to check out different scenes and stuff like that. Even though it's all 
all around. But uh, yeah. um, I would say in, in many ways that uh, um, the music scene in, in general, not only hip hop, but it, uh, just the music scene now, it's, I would say it's more kind of more solidified now in the last maybe 10, possibly 15, 20 years now, just because yeah. once, you know how the thing is, obviously the shift from, from the east to the west and then eventually the south. Right. But we, you know, and there, and at there, there are times there was, a, I would say, kind of factions, especially now the West and Old West, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah. Uh, but once cats see what the, the South was doing and what, you know, we're doing, like, you know, cats were just, just helping each other. We, we all realized that, uh, 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 that it doesn't matter, OGs, younger generation, uh, underground, mainstream, start working together. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can you can tell. You know, and, and, and to even to now, it's 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 like it's blurred. Lines. Yeah. Very right. And they're very intertwined one way or another, and that's what we think we learn. And not to, you know, I always say that LA, you know, we're very spoiled because we have you know, like if you, in the last again ten plus ten plus years, people have been moving to LA because cats are here. Like they, it's all about the music. Right. You know. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's uh, move on to the next question in this round. Here's another one close to home. Slum Village released the Best Kept Secret EP under this pseudonym. Was it Champion Sound, The Uma, Detroit's Finest, or J88? D. He says J88. And he is correct. Best Kept Secret. Uh, you have the distinction of, um, you know, touring with J. Dilla. Like... Were, were you a reverent fan of him at that time? Like, you know, like, a lot of heads knew. Like, like but obviously, we experienced this in all, like, parts of culture, not just hip-hop. Usually when somebody passes, then the, the admiration goes up even through the roof. But at that time, like, what were your feelings or what was your, like, uh, sort of your evaluation of Jay Dilla as a producer? I mean, same thing. Uh, just as the progression, knowing from him as JD and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh like Jay, Jay, Jay definitely got. He got. You know, he got the uh, the Slum Village tape. You know, the fantastic one before all of us and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but for me, is uh, you know, I've always liked his, his production and, and and you know and stuff. But when when I was able to go to Japan, so this is I want to say this is ninety six or seven or something like that. Um, so it was the visionaries, Babu and myself went to to Japan and Manhattan Records. Uh, 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 Manhattan Records is like one of the best record stores in Japan at this time and stuff because they were the ones that actually uh, 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 they were so, they were actually putting out uh, li uh, limited edition or like Japan only releases in Japan. Sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know. So it's like Primo would do production record like special records for Japan, that you only can get in Japan, that pay top dollar, uh, they, he do produ uh, do productions for even Japanese rappers and stuff. So, um, uh, one of the record buyers over at, uh, 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 actually two record buyers, uh, Take, who is uh, from a company called BBQ, he used to be one of the main uh, record buyers for Manhattan Records. Uh, Taki works with like Stone Throw and stuff like that. Still to this yeah. day, he does buy buys records for uh, 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 HMV in Japan. Uh, yeah. uh, also, uh, uh, and this guy uh, Toshi, big, big Japanese, but we'll respect we'll respect the record record digger and stuff. 
So I remember we go, we go, we go, we were okay, shopping. They go, and you know, the course, oh, do you know about JD? It's like, oh, yeah. It's like, you must check out record, uh, Slum Village. And it was, I don't know. As soon as we heard, I don't know, and with all that, we were like, oh, shit. And he, yeah. and this is, you can get this record anywhere. It's only in Japan. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, I got to, we bought a, you know, bought a lot, bought it back home. <laughs> And shit, you was know? Jazzy Jeff on that version of the song no. as well? Mm -mm. No. Mm -mm. So, this, so this uh, side A was I don't know. And so, uh, no, it's a it's it's a it's an orange label. Yeah. So it's like uh, it's it's uh, um, I don't know and fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So it, and it's an orange label, right? That's the orange label, but then the the cover itself it's a white label. It's a white cover, but you have a, a sticker says Slum Village with the, with a picture of them and stuff like that. Yeah. So and and you just knew from that point it was like from that point yeah. on, and I brought and we were the only ones who got it and brought it to, brought it back, and we started playing it on like, you know, like Jay and Chalk were on 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 Power One Six, Mellow Babs and myself were on 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 ninety two point three the beat. So we were we were playing that shit. We half of us like Babs, Jay, and myself were working at Fat Beats. So sure. we're 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 playing we're playing you know obviously we're playing everywhere. Played at, at Unity, played at any joints, uh, put in our mixtapes, and we only gave we only gave you the records to some of the homies, and that's it. Right. Yeah. So it became that that best kept secret. <laughs> right, and then you know uh, I was able to put it on 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 uh, world famous B Junkie Volume Two, and then Babs and Jay put it on their world famous joints on for the uh, mixtape they did for Fat Beats, and that's how it. Yeah. Amazing. All right, we're gonna move on to our next question here. Third question. Okay. In the or fourth question in this round, final Divide Styler's dance crew was known as what? Was it the Scheme Team, Adban Clan, Jabberwockies, or Abstract Tribe Unique? A. A. He says confidently, and he knows it is the Scheme Team. Uh, you also worked with uh, Divine Styler. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, Divine is one of my favorite artists coming up. Uh, scheme Team were like. Uh, uh, well, Divine, you know, like Divine was the man back then, you know, especially coming up. Yeah, so my man, my man Kalani, uh, who's one of the dancers from Scheme Team stuff, uh, uh, he's from Carson, grew up with Razzcaz and shit. So that's how I kind of like, I know, you know, like Scheme Team was like one of the best dance crews in L.A. Uh, 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 next to them was Soul Brothers, who danced for Def Jeff. Uh, Divine's from New York and shit. Divine used to have, the, it was the mysterious guy, and he's, was, the history was told that, he taught Scheme Team how to dance to do all the crazy style. So, uh, fast forward, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, man. So, I mean, uh, ain't saying nothing. It's like the classic jam, especially in L.A. You put that shit on, every dancers get out there, and every freestyle dancer shit. So, there was a there was a style. But even before the, the mop top style came in from New York, came in, there was a style in L.A. It was either you dance like the Soul Brothers or you dance like Scheme Team and shit. So, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I've been, I had a chance and then fast forward, I got to work with uh, Divine Styler. Uh, uh, um, he was on my project for World Famous J Beat Junkies Volume 2. I was the only person to produce the, uh, 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 outside producers besides Bilal Bashir on, on, what do you call it, on his uh, Word Power 2. The song's called uh, Triple, uh, Triple Irons. So, you know, big ups Amazing. to Divine. So, so many gems. We got Red Matic in the house. We're moving on to our second round. Uh, let us know if uh, the picture and everything is good, guys. Uh, I know we were having some connective issues earlier, but I feel like 
We're back on track. So the second round is called Picasso, baby. So oh, shit. Skills, man. Skills in the house. What up? Skills. Um, all right. So in this round, what it is that we're going to do is we're going to show you an album cover, a piece of it, and you're going to have to identify what the album is. A little okay. piece that you... So here's the first one. We're hopping into it. It's a person, and you see their torso and their arm and their hand, and there's sort of a dark blue sort of aqua hue over the whole photo. Is it Commons, Resurrection, Dilated Peoples, Directors of Photography, J-Live, All the Above, or Gurus, Jasmine Taz, Volume 1? C. He's going C, J-Live, and he is absolutely correct. We're going to move on to our second question. It's a super close-up photo of an old-school microphone with fingers grasping it, placed in front of a face that seems to have a beard. Is it Jizza, Pro Tools? You got Dopium, Ghostface Killers, Supreme Clientele, or Master Killers, Master Killer Live. C. He says C, Supreme Clientele. Man, we already knew that DJs are going to know this stuff. You guys are always looking at the records. <laughs> that is Supreme Clientele. <laughs> What's your favorite Wu Tang album? Or Wu Tang affiliated album? Wu Tang affiliated album? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's, uh, it's, it's between. Obviously, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, Raycon's, uh, man, I can't even think of it right now. First oh, album, uh, uh, why am I having, I'm drawing a blank, uh, fucking, huh? Cuban Links, there you go. Cuban Links and, uh, and Jizza, uh, 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 Liquid Swords, or, uh, is it Liquid Swords, man? Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it depends, one of those two. Yeah, it depends on which day of the week it is. All right, let's yeah. move on to the final question in this round. Looking at a blue sky and a desert with pyramids in the background. What album cover is this? Is it Deltron, 3030, J. Rue, The Damager, The Sun Rises in the East, Homeboy, Sandman, First of a Living Breed, or Hieroglyphics, Third Eye Vision? D. He says D, and he is absolutely correct. That is Hiro's Third Eye Vision. How up were you guys on Hyro? Like, was there a lot of connection between you guys? I mean, uh, you know, them being... Well, I mean, there. obviously, I mean, Hyro came out definitely big. I mean, well, you got to also think also during, during the good life, you know, uh, uh, during those times, too, kind of also, the, the way they were rhyming was also kind of reminded a little bit of, little bit of, uh, uh, of the good life with, like, Refused Style yeah. Fellowship and stuff like that. So, I mean, there was, even those words in between, like, you know, Whose rocks are better, freestyle fellowship or 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 souls of mysteries or Hyro and stuff? So right. it's it's really interesting. It's a, it's really interesting and stuff like that. So I mean, of course, you go to the Bay Area area, you you got it, of course, with the Hyros and Hobo Junction. That's that. Yeah. Whole, the yeah. So the rivalry there for sure. Right. Right. Totally. Um, yeah. Really interesting too. I remember. Uh, I don't remember when the interview was from, but uh, Outkast said definitely, especially on their first album, they were super influenced by Souls of Mischief in terms of flowing. And, and oh, uh, I can hear. Oh, yeah, definitely can hear. It. Definitely can hear it. Yeah, you, you know, from the West Coast point, like us West Coast cats, we can hear. It. It's like, oh man, they sound like they sound, they sound like Hyro. And I mean, even they were dressing kind of like little little Hyroish and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah. There was yeah. some definitely like Hyro vibes in there. All right, so totally. Brett. So, I'm glad that you did the prayer thing before because you're you're flawless right now. You, you've gotten 100% of them right. Uh, so far. Our, so far, so far. 
We've seen people stumble. They do get a little bit harder, but we're going to move into our third round, which is called Digging in the Crates. This is our sample okay. round. Uh, and I'm going to ask you a question and play you a sample, and you have to tell me uh, what the answer is after you hear it. So I'll read you the question first. Which of the following okay. artists have not sampled the whispers, you are number one? I'm going to play that sample now. Hmm. Black Witch. Monica, 50 Cent, or the Visionaries? Who has say not C. He says C. All right. The answer was Black Delicious. Okay. So I got this All wrong. Right. It's fine. It's fine. Look, Brett, nobody is, is doubting your credibility right now. Everybody thinks, everybody. No, I mean, uh, someone say, yeah, I don't um, know if, it, I, I mean, I, I I listen to a lot of fifty songs joints, but I don't remember all. I don't know all. <laughs> so, and I would figure if anybody would be Blackalicious and shit, right. like you know, uh, like you know, because like I can see. Obviously, I know Monica, of course, Visionaries, and then of course, I mean, I would figure if anything, but I I, I don't know all of fifties. Uh, even though I'm a, I love 50, early Fifty Cent shit, right? But not not okay. deep in the in those cattle. Yeah. Um, Fifty Cent is right. hip hop, lobster. Come on, like we're not we're not judging anybody. Like, ah, go ahead, judge me. <laughs> uh, but that was a that was a big song for you guys for Visionaries. Yeah, when, when yeah. J Rock produced that. That's uh, one of our biggest hits. So yeah, I still I still remember when Jay made it. Uh, he did it on ASR ten. You know, oh, wow. so hardware. Yeah. Yeah. So and I remember like it was like uh, uh well the craziest thing is is that. We're, we're trying to finish up the, the album, the, uh, our first album, Galleries. And when I heard it, I said, we need to. I mean, depending on who you talk to, you know, for me, because I remember I was there with Jay when he, you know, he played me the beat. And I said, yo, we need this beat and shit. And then, uh, you know, so, uh, like some of the guys might say something different. But I just remember being there with Jay with his ASR 10 and stuff like that. And this is when he used to live in, uh, he used to live in Huntington Beach. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a big LA record. Yep, Steve Wonder with the Fat Beats Vermont days. Yep. Yeah, yep. Sh shout out to Steve Steve Wonder. I said Celo. Yep, that's Celo. That's my man right there. That's uh, right. um, he's our general manager for the school, but he's also the general manager for Fat Beats uh, uh, LA days from Vermont to Melrose. Like the beginning of actually, yeah, beginning when Fat Beats pretty much open to maybe when. Maybe the first two years of uh, of uh, uh, Melrose. So Seal is the man, probably as, as good as me, or even better, more knowledgeable than me, probably. All right, we're moving on to the next question in this round. Uh, you, you stumbled, but but you're still in the game, Red. So so don't sweat it. All right, our second okay. Roadwork by Howard Robert, Roberts was sampled on in a Tribe Called Quest song that only featured this member. So it's a little tricky here. I'm not just asking you what the song is, but you got to know who rapped on it. So here's that sample. Okay. So who was the only rapper who rapped on it? Was it Fife Dog, Q-Tip, Jerobi, or Consequence? B. He says B. And he is correct. That is Q-Tip, another amazing JV production. That's pretty good. 
You are pretty good. Yeah. Um, what, what's your, I mean, this is like a really hard question. This is the hardest question I'm going to ask you today. What is your favorite JD beat or production? I told you it was going to be hard, bro. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't right, know. Let me let's... You like this. If somebody had never heard a JD or a J Dilla beat and they were like, I'm, I'm new, you know, you deal with a lot of students, you know, through, through the school. I'm sure that there's a lot of people who have hip hop blind spots. Where do you start them with? Like, where, where, where do, where's their starting point? I guess for me, just out of just, out of just, just for, for mem memorials, you know, for just for my personal memorial thing, I don't know, uh, uh, Slum Village. Just because I just remember, I mean, obviously, I mean, shoot, R run in was there. I mean, uh, of course, skills. He got some of the uh, first uh, uh, production on his uh, for his album and stuff. Yeah. Um, but just just for for memories, memory's sake, I don't know. You know, I don't know if that would be the best, you know, introduction. But that was my introduction for Slum Village. Period. So I would say I don't know. It's not. It's not a bad place to start. It's. It's. It's not like a. You know. It's not. A, it's not a false start or anything like that. Right. So, right. Right. You know, I think you can really play anything off of the fantastic albums. And that's yeah. Totally. Totally. All right. Final question in this round. Here we go. This beat nut song samples music from the TV show Electric Company. <laughs> Is it Reign of the Tech? Watch out now. Off the books or no escape of this. Uh, B. No, 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 no. Hold on. No, 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 no. Oh. I'm, I, I'm thinking one thing. Hold on. Yep, yep. C. Ooh. He says C. That was a close one. Yeah. It's off the books. I had to like, because you know, it, you heard it in your head. Right. You your the funniest head. thing, off the books and, and and watch out now. In some ways, they kind of like, they kind of wrote that vibe and shit. You know what I'm saying? They it's were, a catchy. They were sister right. angles, you know, like yeah, they, yeah. And so, and they kind of like, I would, I'm thinking one thing. I see the video, and I'm like, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tricky yeah. one. Tried to trick yeah. Dude, what were we thinking? We got fucking. We, we, we've got Redmatic in the house. Come on. <laughs> All right. So we our final round now. So uh, our final round, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you an uh, option of three different categories. Mm -hmm. You get to pick one, and you will have 90 seconds to answer five questions in this category. So mm -hmm. I'm going to give you your choice here. Your choices are, the first category is Mad Lib Invasion. The second category is modern hip-hop protest songs very fitting for the time and the third is summer songs so you will have 90 seconds to answer five questions in one of these which so one the first, do you want to so first one was what mad lib you say mad lib invasion so these are all mad lib related questions okay the second, second one is a, the hip-hop protest songs Okay. And the third is summer songs. Songs about summer and summer songs. I'll go for summer. 
He's going summer. Hey, you know, we're we're in summer now, right? I don't know what day it is. I don't know what month it is anymore, but it's fine. Uh, right. So here's the rules. You have five questions to answer. I have OC's time's up here, and it is time to 90 seconds. So when the time is up on OC, your time will be up. Uh, oh. If you don't know the answer, you can say pass, and we can come back to it. Okay. You can only guess once, though. So if you get it wrong, that That's counts. It. And All of right. course, uh, let me do another one right here. There you go. Stack right. of those. They've, they've served you well. And right. also, um, the chat can help as well. But there is a bit uh -huh. of a delay in the chat. So right. Uh -huh. remember that. 90 seconds is on the clock. He's going with Summer okay. Matic. Remember, if you don't know, you can pass. We'll come back to him. They get harder. Okay. So here we go. Okay. First okay. question. This song won the Grammy Award for Best Rap Single in 1991. What's that? This song won the Grammy for Best Rap Single in 1991. Summer Songs. Are you playing it? No, you have to tell me it. You have to tell me it. Oh, pass. We'll pass. All right. This artist gave the head of his record label a solo song called Dear Summer that opened his 2006 album. Oh, Jay-Z. Jay-Z, but who, who's, uh, who gave him the, the song? Whose album was it on? Oh. It's a Jay-Z song on a record. It's a Jay-Z song on an album? Uh, man. Yeah, I got stumped on this one. I'm going to have to pass on this one. All right, we're going to pass on this one. Members of the far side hopped on a, po a posthumous remix of a song by this band, and the song was about summer. Pass. I'm going to have to go all that. I have to really, really look up like, man. Ice Cube tells a story of visiting this city in his classic storytelling song, My Summer Vacation. Oh, uh, uh, summer vacation. Uh, I want to say Ohio. The answer we were looking for is St. Louis. All right, Rhett, our time is up. I'm sorry. Uh, we, uh, you, you, you had a strong run, but that final round gets tough. I'm going to give you the answers now. The song right. that won Grammy for best rap single in 1991 was Summertime by DJ Jazzy Jeff. And the I, think, I was thinking of that, but, but I, you know, for whatever reason... I was thinking of uh, when they first won the Grammy. That's what I'm saying. Oh, got it. Got yeah, because, you know, they, they won. They were the first one to win the, the Grammys and shit. So I was like, wait, I, did, you know, that, that wasn't summertime and stuff like that. But and so, yeah, well, I should have said summertime. No, it's fine. Uh, Jay-Z had the song Dear Summer on Memphis Bleak's album. There's on, on Memphis Bleak's album, it opens up with a Jay-Z solo song. But, I don't even listen. I I don't even have that album, so I know, I I know the song, but I don't know I don't know that album. You didn't know where it was from. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, Ice Cube told the story of visiting St. Louis in my summer vacation. It was, it, you know what it is because I was trying to think. I know it was in the Midwest, but I was just trying to like thinking like, fuck, was it? You know. And yeah. Members of the Far Side hopped on this a remix of a song by the band Sublime. They had their song Summertime and The Living's Easy and the Far Side are on a remix of that. So man, I, don't, little... I don't even I don't even listen. <laughs> all right, man, listen, it's all good. So I'm gonna tally up your score. If you guys have questions for Rhett Maddock, drop them in the little question box because that's what we're gonna do now in the time we have. But Rhett, yeah. from you while I tally this up, 
who should we have on the questions next? Who do you challenge? Who do you think we should uh, bring on the show? Oh, I mean, really, if you're going to be, uh, if you're going to ask for a junkie, and I would say either between J-Rock or Shortcut, because they're always as well as, uh, uh, they're pretty, very knowledgeable and stuff like that. If you have to ask, a if you want a junkie. Uh, if outside of that, obviously you already got skills, because I talk, me and skills talk a lot about some, 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 some nerdish, nerdish stuff. Skills um, was on our first episode of, of this, actually. Um, was it? Okay. Yeah. And, uh He's an honorary, I mean, he is a hip-hop nerd. I don't even have to say an honorary nerd. And I, I use that in the in the best. Oh, no, no. He no. Oh, come on. He's as as respected artist as he is. He's also, he's like, he's a nerd. Like most, yeah. like obviously I know, Fon, like Fonte, you got Fonte. I know he's a nerd, you know. That's a great segue. We have uh, Fonte coming up on uh, Wednesday. Uh, so make sure you guys uh, tune in on Wednesday. And ooh, Friday someone said, yeah, uh, my man Ghost said, ooh. Either Cut Chemist, Mike Nardone. Ooh, Cut Chemist and Mike Nardone. That would be crazy. Yes, we should we should definitely reach out to them. All right, so, Rhett, you did very well in the game. That final round did toss you around a little bit. But you have a very respectable 9 out of 15. That puts you definitely, I believe, in the upper middle. We're, we're, we're going to be publishing our, our leaderboard soon. And... Oh, uh, you know, we definitely hope you'll come back on the show. We're we're we oh, yeah. doing heads to heads. Right. Um, yeah, the summer I was thinking, okay, I might know some shit, but damn, you you really throw. I don't because I already know if you're gonna if I went with Madlib, I know early Madlib, but when you get to more of the like more of the newer, 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 that's gonna it's like ooh. Yeah, we we definitely uh, we cover all the bases here. So let's hop into some questions that we have uh, from the from the audience while we have some time left here. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, so T. Smoothon asks, "Why wasn't imagery, battle hymns, and political poetry ever released?" 1995. Uh, they were signed on Immortal Records. There was a demo and stuff like that. I remember. I, I I've known Rock and Ev way before they became Dilated Peoples. Uh, 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 I I met uh, I met Rocka. Uh, honestly, we, me and Rocka were part of the uh, Rocksteady Crew LA chapter. And that was like in '91 and stuff. So I remember when they they just got signed to Immortal. They were signing. They were they were you know they just got they were finishing up their album and stuff like that. But they never, for whatever reason, never dropped. Uh, I, I know there's stories out there. Rocka talks about it and stuff. So uh, uh, Rocka at the time was working at the hip hop shop in, in off of Melrose and stuff yeah. uh, across the street from Fairfax High. So uh, and that's how I met Ev too. They were known as the Fatliners. And stuff. Mm -hmm. This is before Babs even came in the, in the mix. But obviously, and then eventually, they became dilated peoples and stuff. You know, so yeah, amazing. All right, let's uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, Steve Wonder asks, "What is your favorite technique to teach students at the Beat Junkies Institute of Sound?" That's a good question. What's your favorite technique to teach? I don't know. Uh, honesty. I'm still I, I, as a as a as an instructor. I'm still learning. I, yeah. I, I actually I actually have more fun really just to just just to see them you know whatever I can impart in them with my knowledge. So I don't know technique wise. Like it's kind of hard to say. I I don't think tech, uh, me teaching a technique. Is, uh, I have a favorite technique to teach, but I I I like to show them something that if they're having problems with a certain technique, I can like help them do it better. 
you know. So I don't think I have a favorite technique to teach, but I like to break down techniques with them, you know, especially if it's like after class on a one-on-one type thing and right. stuff. So what that's is just me. For you, because like, again, you come from a scene where like you said earlier, you guys weren't trying to share information back in the day. <laughs> like you guys were, were very close, closed off on that. What has been the most surprising thing that like, that you've learned or experienced in being a teacher and an instructor? Like, what, what is something that, like, you totally couldn't have anticipated, like, being the case? But what surprised you about this chapter that you're in? Uh, that it actually made me become more, really humble, my, humble me, humble myself more. Uh, uh, that I became a student again. Wow. Like, for, for real, for real. Like, I mean, like, honestly, like, I'm the... I, I'm not the most uh, uh, eloquent on the when, I, when, I, when public speaking and stuff compared to like say Chalk is an excellent speaker, Mellow's a, a excellent speaker, uh, Babs is is definitely excellent. Um, uh, D is great, especially when he's something that's more specific. Me, I, I the guys always make fun of me because like my my brain is more faster than my mouth, so whatever when I talk. It just, it comes out <laughs> like that. So I, I, I'm learning, like, it's, like, I'm learning a lot and stuff, you know. So it's, uh, but it, it's it's very rewarding because, you know, I've been very lucky to see a lot of our students uh, where when first where they start and where they, and where they've gone to. And and for me, it's, it's like, like, I, I, I know as, I feel like sometimes I'm an underdog myself. So I always encourage them to like don't don't give up because I know how that feeling is and stuff like that you know like you know it's just like just kind of like try to apply in life in terms of like you know just do your best and stuff it's not at the end of the day you you know you're not you doing it for yourself not for you know of course it's great if you can get props and stuff like that I mean like for us coming up of course you want to be the best. As we got older, you realize, man, if I know what I know now back then, it'd be more different and stuff. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, it, it honestly, I became more of a student again. So, That's amazing. Yes, man, shout out to everybody from the Beat Junkies Institute of Sound. I mean, we, we've done a few events with you guys. and uh, Yeah, man, the, 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 uh, all our students loved uh, when you guys came to our, uh, our, our Christmas party and stuff. That was I was really fun and seeing them all like, oh, like that, you know. I was helping out some of the students behind the scenes, like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> you know. We, but, we uh, started with, uh, with uh, Marquis, uh, DJ Marquis, who's a student of the school. Yeah, um, man. Uh, uh, yeah. Mark. Shout out to him. Yep, shout out to Mark. Rhett DJed Spider's Wedding. Did you DJ DJ Spider's Wedding? I feel like that might be true. Uh, right? yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, man. Steve, yeah, Steve was there, like, uh, I, obviously, some people know if I have I have a mixtape called the Wedding Mix, Wedding Wedding Mixer, you yeah. know. So it was kind of popular at the time. So and then, and it's funny because I came from a mobile DJ scene back in the day. So you know we did weddings and stuff, but I left that thing because especially doing a lot of Filipino weddings and stuff. You, it's it's kind of you know, a lot of Filipino DJs know, especially doing Filipino DJs. You know you have all the uh, all the uh, parents, elder people going like. Excuse me, do you have any sweet music? Uh, excuse, uh, what kind of music? I don't know. Just play it, and then and I'll dance. And that's yeah, yeah. no, that's not it. You know. So I used to get sick of that because I do weddings just to really make the money and buy the records I want to play and stuff, right? Yeah. And I got to. So 
I did that, you know, doing the wedding mixer CDs. I just did it as a as a joke, and then also as friends for friends and stuff. Yeah. So when he came, when when Spider asked me to do his wedding, I was like, you know what, I'll do it for you and stuff. And it, it was it was beautiful, and, that, and it was actually one of the one of the funnest uh, weddings I did. I don't know, like I know I DJ, and I think someone was the Steve. Did you DJ too? I don't remember. I know you were there, but I don't remember. I AM was there. I know Steve was there. I don't well, know. A, yeah, AM was part. Of, yeah, because I remember AM came up to me. He's like, "Oh shit, you're DJing and stuff like that." So it was cool because I seen uh, it was dope because uh, uh, Spider's dad did a rap. <laughs> Man, rapping, uh, a, a, a Snoop Dogg. Got to hit Spider up about that. Um, yeah, yeah. If Spider hit you up and he was like, "I want you to DJ my wedding." I really want it to be like traditional, like Filipino wedding music. <laughs> Where you've been, like, well, no, I would, no, I mean, like he wanted me to do like if if you listen to my wedding mixer uh, uh, mixes, I that. played, yeah. I I did all like you know all stuff that I grew up listening to, like you know eighties funk, electro, oh. you know. So that was uh, uh, and he said do that. I said, yeah. Cool, I had no problem. Perfect. And, yeah. Let's see. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Oh, here's here's an interesting one. For, from Quimby Nine, what are the best Filipino restaurants in LA? Well, uh, depending. So if you're in like if you're in a uh, uh, Chinatown, uh, there's Lhasa. Uh, it's a definitely uh, it's a fusion. Yeah. Uh, great, two, run by two brothers. Uh, great, great uh, restaurant. Uh, Park's finest is good. Uh, it's uh, if you if you want some barbecue, but uh, Filipino style. They have this yeah. thing called a uh, uh, cornbread dubinka, so mm -hmm. they make a fusion of cornbread. So and dubinka is like a, a Filipino bread, like sweet bread. So yeah. they fuse it. So they make they make it in like a like cornbread, but dubinka mm. and stuff. So uh, they have a, a, a coconut beef on there. It's great. So um, for these uh, desserts in, in Cerritos, there's a place called uh, Cape's Republic. So the end thing right now is like I don't know if you're if you're familiar with ube. Yeah. So ube, so, you know, it's a purple, purple yam. It's a Filipino yam and stuff. So it's yeah. the newest thing for for desserts and stuff. So for my students, uh, every time we have a final, I'd, or you know, like, or you know, every time I always bring a, a box of ube brownies. Mm. So, so uh, Cappy Republican Cerritos and stuff like that. So That's the thing I have to give uh, props to the Beach Junkies Institute of Sound. We came the first time uh, that we did an event with you guys because we really wanted to do it. And then we discovered the potluck element that you guys Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. And we had a meeting immediately after the parking lot, and we were like, anytime these guys ask us to do anything, we absolutely have to say yes, because if we get even a fraction of the food that we had tonight, we're right. going to be in great shape. And uh, <laughs> you guys do not disappoint. Oh, man, yes. I'm looking forward to the uh, Beach Junkies Culinary School next, because you guys are, are, are right there. Um, DJ Nels asks... When are you dropping the next instrumental album? Nels, shout out to Nels, uh, yeah, B Real TV. Uh, yeah. That's it. Uh, I don't know. I uh, I was trying to work on something, then obviously things kind of out of whack with you know with the with the COVID nineteen and stuff, and then just concentrating on on teaching online. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. But uh, uh, right now I'm. As we speak, finishing up the uh, a new, the new Visionaries album. Woo! Yeah, it's it's uh, been a long I'll, time coming. Like, where where uh, are you out of the process? Uh, we're we pretty much uh we it's in the mixing phases and stuff. Okay. Uh, I finally finished. Uh, so 
the difference this is our fifth album it's like it's almost like almost 10 years since we made one uh it's long overdue uh the difference between the other albums and this album is that uh i'm actually doing the all production on it so yeah and then i actually finished i finally finished the last song which is a dj song it took me the longest time so i gotta uh so i so it's 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 finished now it's in the mixing phases so i'm hoping that uh you know, we just we did release a video just like a couple of months ago. We're working on a new video, and hoping that I mean, we're really trying to finish this album to have it out uh, this year. Vinyl wise, I hope I don't think it'll come out this year. It probably might have to come out next year, but okay. we're but the album's coming out this year. Cross your fingers and stuff. So we have time for like one more because I know that we get caught up yeah. uh, at the hour here. Um, I'm trying to find a good one. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, this is an interesting one. Has learning jujitsu changed how you approach DJing? Ah, so if everybody's been following me, yeah, I've been I've been training jujitsu. I was fat ret now um mid mid ret, so I lost I, I lost a lot of weight and stuff. Um, yeah, it, it definitely helped me. It, it, like what I've learned in, in jujitsu, I actually apply it to teaching at the school like you know so it's interesting how like i'm a student as a jiu-jitsu and then i kind of try to apply it with if i was like when i teach uh, talk uh, talk to our students and try to tell them like okay well i always think my some of the students would hear me saying like you're you're a white belt trying to be a black belt you know yeah don't worry but you know sure black black just enjoy the journey learn all the mistakes like learn all the mistakes yeah, yeah, yeah. Learn the process, because that's the only way you're gonna you're gonna learn and stuff. That's and that's the same thing they would tell me. It's like, don't don't try to do this. If you gotta, if you gotta, you have to understand the the basic foundations. And it's like, it goes back to the same thing. It's like, well, you gotta have to learn how to do the baby scratch, and you know, you gotta learn your timing. It's like, well, how do I do this? You gotta put in, you gotta put in work. It's the same thing when I go train. I have to I have to put in work and muscle memory. We have we do drills. It's it, it's it's funny how we do when we teach we do warm ups and we do cool downs and stuff. It's the same thing what I would do when I train jujitsu. Like we do first stretches and after that we start we're doing drills like yeah. so help us like and they're like why are we doing this and then you're, eventually when you start learning techniques and you start putting two things together you find out that like oh this is why we're doing this because it connects to this this and it does that. So the fundamental so like Silo says fundamentals are key. So it's like. It's like anything you do, and you know you can apply this to everyday life. It's like you got to build a, a straight, a strong foundation. Once you do that, it's a, a, a um, you you're able to understand building concepts and techniques, and you can combine everything and you can go back to ever. And then, really, if you have a solid foundation in anything you do, that's when you're able to like you know you can start doing different things, uh, combinations and and whatever or not and stuff though but yeah man uh uh i'm you know i'm a blue belt i, I think i'll be a, I'll, I'll still be a blue belt for a long time i don't think i ever get catch being a black belt and stuff you know so but they yeah, say yeah. in, in, in jiu-jitsu they say that a black belt is a is a is a white belt that never gave up so for all our students our bgis students and stuff think it that way that you just ne- it's a never ender never ending thing and it's a never ending lesson because even for me and for all the junkies and everything we do, we still, we're still learning. 
we're still learning and stuff like that. So yeah. I mean, you, you'd have to be a fool to look at something like music and be like, oh, yeah, I've mastered it. Like it's so big. Music, music, music is so big. And it's such a broad landscape that you're never going to actually you're never going to master the, the whole thing. You know? Oh, no. I mean, shoot. I just I just learned something from the last those, those that last round, especially I was like sublime. <laughs> I mean, I'm like. And I'll be honest, I mean, I know Sublime, but I'm not really familiar with the, uh, with, you know, like, I know enough genres, but not like details like that, even to a point where like, even like farce, I was like, well, it makes sense, right? Yep. And then, and I should, I do know, it was, so I was going to say summertime, but I just like, well, did they win a Grammy? Because I know they won the first Grammy. And it's like, that's not, and that was like in 86 and 87 and stuff right, like that. Right. So I was like, there's a lot. That kind of, it kind of threw me off, but hey, you learned something. Hey, and we've learned something from you. You've been so great. We really appreciate you taking the time. Um, no, I'm honored. Thank you. Something like this is, is incredible. Like, I, I still like to hear stories and stuff. Like I yeah. said, I would, like, like when I hang out with Skills, I bug him, like, yo, man, what did you do this? What is it that? And he'll tell me, he's, you know, you know, like, I like stuff that I've always wanted to know. Like, I'm, I'm always, like, like I've, if I, well, whenever I have a chance to become friends with some of my heroes or people I, I admire, I'll ask, I'll, I'll ask them stories, man. Like, I'll like, you know, like I'm that guy and shit like that. Like, I'll do that because I want to know. I'm that nerd. We got nothing against nerds around these here parts. Big thank you and much appreciation to Rip Maddox, such a great human being, such a talented DJ and producer, and love to him and all of the beat junkies. Again, we definitely got to make more stuff happen together soon on the outside. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Again, I know it's a little rough around the edges as far as audio quality, but I think it's really important that we share a lot of these experiences. And whether this was your first time hearing it or you remember and you were watching the stream when it went down in the first place, I think that there was some good information to share and to experience with this one. We got more things coming up. We're going to continue doing our Making Illmatic series with Midas the Beast. Some new episodes of The Questions also coming soon. And of course, we will continue to dive into the archives and unearth old episodes of yesteryear. The Questions is hosted, produced, and written by Sean Kantrowitz. Additional writing for this episode was by DJ Steve Wonder. The show's theme is by Midas the Beast and Czarism. Go to questionshiphop.com to keep up to date with all things questions, sign up for the mailing list, follow us on social media, and check out our Patreon. The Questions Hip Hop is a proud member of the Stony Island Audio Network. Peace.